0: Welcome, everyone, to another episode of How I Met Your Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Adam Smith, with Just the Tips Coaching. And with me, pretty much as always, is our marketing director, one of our other coaches, all-around superhuman, approaching her wedding this week, Jen Waybor. Jen, yeah, big stuff. Welcome. Hi.
1: Hi.
0: Big week for you
1: insane week big big week week for
0: all you guys um although while i was thinking about it or before i forget i should say i was thinking about how cool our intro is to the video cast the podcast obviously you get the audio but you don't get to see the video so i wanted to give another shout out because it's probably been forever to grant stevens in california son of uh, real estate and mortgage guru Brian Stevens with the National Real Estate Post. His son Grant wrote us that intro so many years ago now, uh, but still dig it. Um, and we've got a really cool guest for you guys today. Welcome back to the show, David Carter. Hey, David.
2: Hello, everybody. How's
0: hey, the day going? Yeah, good, good so far. It's it's uh, early here in the mountain zone. We've got a ways to go for those of you on the. Uh, Pacific Coast even longer. Um, And I was going to bring this up while we were having a little oh pre-live banter. I wanted to ask how Shonda and the boys were doing, and you spilled the beans that it's her birthday, yeah, and uh, and you're uh, uh, coming up with some ideas on how to make it special for today. We'd already done gifts. She took a big trip, so on and so forth. But uh, yeah, if those of you watching or listening live have ideas for David, please. Don't hesitate.
2: Put them in the chat, and uh, also, also prayers. You know, we'll do both <laughs> of those. And
0: uh, it's her twenty-first birthday, right? Of course, of course, yes. So,
2: <laughs> actually, she's turned thirty-two today. So she's okay. still young enough that you can say that. You know.
0: All right, no, no, twenty-nine no. is the appropriate I number.
1: I don't know these no? 30s, 30s have been way better I'll to say me say than my 20s ever. She's
2: she yeah. was when she was 23, so that's all that matters. All right.
0: <laughs> all right. Fair enough. And the boys are doing good?
2: They're doing good. And then um, I've had another one. So I have a, I got a six, a three, and a one-year-old now. I have a one-year-old daughter.
0: Ah! That, uh,
2: is um, the most opinionated one in my family. So uh, One-year-old. Yeah, at one year old, okay, yeah.
0: that speaks volumes uh, about her and her big personality and uh, what the future holds for poor David. Um, I, my oldest is a girl and is almost uh, fully independent. Um, so uh, take comfort in the fact that it's only about 30 years of this to go.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm you know. Two heart attacks and uh, college tuition away from it, probably. <laughs> no. No, no, now we sound
0: like a pharmaceutical ad. But yeah. yeah. Um, so, David, it's been a minute since you were on the show. Um, Obviously, because you didn't have a daughter the last time we had you. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: so that's a big deal. Um, and if my research is telling me the truth, you've changed your role a little bit.
2: Yeah. So... um I took over the uh, managing broker position for Call It Close International Realty, which is a virtual brokerage that um, it started out of Naples. Um, Wonderful people. I opened up the state of Colorado. I had just the last time we had talked, it had just started. So we had had just gone from there. So it's been about a year right now. Um, We are actually growing more in Denver than we are in Colorado Springs. Um, But just kind of like how the market is going right now, where uh, we're seeing a lot of people pivot. You know, they're they're looking for more ways to keep more of their money. Inflation's high, uh, things like that. Everyone is more um, thinking about their dollar. At 100% commission brokerage, uh, we have a lot of meetings, a lot of talks, uh, especially on that virtual side and with our uh, residual compensation plan uh, still. But so that's pivoted um, as a role. Um, as a realtor, probably the only pivot that I've really kind of gone is I've, I've probably gone back more to the investing side. Is that what your research is showing you, or am I just no, talking? No,
0: uh, no. This year, you're, you're uh, ticking all the boxes here, man. Yeah, but yeah. So just kind of um,
2: the market right now, in my personal opinion, um, is it's not really going anywhere. So the thing that I'm trying to do more and what I'm trying to pivot more towards is being more educated and better informing the people that are actually in the market, whether that be the agents on uh, inside the brokerage or clients that I work with personally.
0: And we talk about this almost every week with every guest, with every successful professional that we encounter, you have to be doing both sides. You have to be getting educated and you have to be sharing that knowledge. There's Mm -hmm. no question. And that's what people are hiring you for. You went through all this training. You go through all this continuing education. You go through all this examination. You're supposed to be that expert. Mm -hmm. So you've got to continue to polish that year after year after year. That's a, you know, length of your career type of activity without equivocation. And hopefully, well, I don't think hopefully, I think the people that we see survive and thrive Mm -hmm. are, Doing exactly that. We were talking a little bit before we went live and how the market has changed, Mm -hmm. that we think the previous statistics on 80% of real estate agents failing in the first two years and 85 in the first five years have probably ticked up a bit. And we talked about the fact that there are now less than 100,000 licensed mortgage loan originators in the country. That's a, a, a cut by like a third, I think. Uh, over the last insane. it's insane. It's a big number. Um, so yeah, bigger or smaller pie, bigger pieces. I think that that's important. And obviously, if you're doing the kinds of things that we're describing, particularly when it comes to remaining educated and sharing that knowledge, and you're doing that in your constant, consistent, authentic, transparent manner, you're probably going to succeed. You're, mm-hmm. you're certainly going to stay the course. But I do think it's interesting that you had made some pivots of your own and we had talked a little bit about what we had done at our mortgage brokerage and what some of our other successful uh, coaching clients had done and what some of our newer coaching clients who hadn't been doing it are now finally doing that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. but I'm really curious about your take because uh, on the real estate market in particular, because you had said something that really struck a chord with me that it has basically stalled or stopped, or I can't remember the exact word that you use. Well, and I, sorry, I think
2: I, you I, go ahead. Go ahead. And I don't think that it stopped or stall. It's it splatted now. So the thing, so like going back to the education part of it. So um, one of the things that I've tried to educate myself on a, a lot more is I've Try to educate myself on how to actually price properties because mm-hmm. now that the market's flat, you actually have to price a property correctly. It's not like you're just throwing it up on the pro or on the MLS and then 30 people come in the first weekend and give you $20,000 over it. So that, that um, demographic or not demographic, that that scale of how you price your house so high to when it actually sells and everything like that really does kill it. So, I mean, right now, um, Houses still sell. Like I'm, I have my Monday morning is whenever I go over all my market stats. So like on my other screen over here, I have market stats that are up. I mean, on the lower end of our market stats for Colorado Springs right now, the lowers, the lowest segment is still only 28 days on the market. So that to me, what that's telling me is that's telling me that as long as everything's priced right, as long as everything is actually you know updated, it's it's taken care of, it's done uh, all the things that you actually should do to sell a house then you're having no problem in this market. But going back to the education part, if you don't actually know what that looks like, what it, um, you know, what marketing plans actually uh, have to take place, uh, the things that you have to do constantly, like before the show, we were talking about that day in, day out, you know, people that are successful in real estate get up and continue to do the, the work, even when they don't have that um, low-hanging fruit right in front of them.
0: Agreed. And I think that what you're describing, well, I think it's important for everybody to understand, and most of the people that are going to fall within our audience probably do that, for decades and, well, for decades, which defines the length of my career because I'm old, and for decades and decades and decades, we've defined a balanced real estate market, no matter where you are, Colorado Springs, Denver, Mobile, Alabama, Anchorage, Alaska, as a six-month inventory. That's it's not a seller's market. It's not a buyer's market here in our market. And for those of you that aren't familiar with the geography, um, Denver and Colorado Springs are about an hour apart. They are defined as very separate markets. Jen actually lives like right in between the two, which is uh, really funny. Um, And in the seven counties that make up the Denver metro area, uh, we're about four million of the five million people that live in Colorado we would need something like 30 or 35,000 listings at any given moment to have that inventory. And we've probably got somewhere between 10 and 20% of that. Mm -hmm. I would guess 3,500 to 7,000 is probably realistic. And maybe we can get some uh, Denver real estate agents to chime in and tell us what those numbers actually look like as we go along here. But we've had an inventory shortage for a long time now. Like long enough that maybe we ought to be redefining the standard because mm-hmm. I don't see any single point of focus that's going to fix that. Um, we have so many things going on, centuries old, we're Americans, we all want to have our own space. Decades old, we've got the baby boomers all living longer, staying in their homes longer. Millennials, all of home buying age and wannabe be. Uh, builders building at a fraction of the rate they used. To. I mean, so many things. There isn't one thing that's going to change that's going to solve the housing shortage. So we probably need to redefine what the real estate market looks like. And I think the last couple of years might be it. I think this kind of is the new face of real estate.
1: Mm.
0: What well, do you think? I mean, I would agree. I whenever you're
2: whenever you're in a changing market, you're always wondering. Um, you always want to tighten everything up, okay? So whenever you're talking about how our market is now, I think you're you're taking smaller segments. So like, if you're, and correct me if I'm wrong from what you're saying, but if you're doing, um, you know, multiple years, you know, going back multiple, multiple years, like, and how that market is um, with our inventory, sorry, you were speaking more about inventory. So like inside of our in- inventory, and you're seeing those properties that are actually stacking up, it kind of, to me, it goes back to the to the first point that I was making is that your inventory is stacking up because the people don't want the houses that they would just jump into earlier. So for me, it's still more of a, um, how are you actually doing your marketing? How are you actually preparing that seller for it? And to to see your market change um, and to know what how that change is actually happening on the hyper-local uh, area. Um, i think that i think that's the skill that most realtors just kind of got rid of uh they would they travel anywhere because every single one of the every property that somebody was going to buy they already knew what the market was in that area for the past couple of years they already knew that it was going over asking price they already knew that uh it wasn't going to be on the market for longer than a week they already you know all of those little things and 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 is it i'm not sure if this is what your uh what your actual question was Uh, I might just be rambling, but uh, (laughs) I I think you're trying as real in the realtor space, I think you need to get back to your basics. I think you need to get back towards, you know, we have this huge push, uh, especially over like the last uh, five years of growing mega teams where, you know, everything that happens. And if you run a team, that's great uh, and position them in places, but we've, like You said that most mortgage lenders, like a third of them, have gone. Well, I mean, those large brokerages, those large teams, everything like that, that just brought in every single person and promised them a hundred thousand dollars and everything, didn't mm-hmm. teach them anything, just sent them out there to go show do buying appointment or you know, buyer showings and stuff. I think that's probably the biggest shift inside the real estate market. Uh, your puppy farms aren't working anymore, okay? Uh, and that's always. I don't know why that was always my point of view. It's like every time that I had or you get a listing and a brand new agent comes in, they submit an offer, it's always like it's like you're having to coach them through their own transactions. Like, well, shouldn't your person be doing that? So sorry, I am rambling now. <laughs> uh, uh I put away my soapbox. Um but no, um, so I, I think in the in the market, it it needs to go back to just such a hyper local market I think we have, I think we have focused too much on the the national almost in a sense uh, and I think the people that are succeeding and will continue to succeed are focusing just on their specific market, their farms, their uh, those places where they are um, experts actually in.
0: We talked about that a lot last week with our guest, Ryan Davis, uh, and if you guys want to go back and listen to that broadcast, Ryan was amazing and generated all kinds of great content for us. We uh, piggybacked our video blog, we piggybacked our uh, our uh, voicemail campaign, everything for that kind of a piece. He is bomb.com at that hyper local, he, he only works his neighborhood, that's it, which not only is really, really cool, he actually, they're still building in his neighborhood and he's got a bigger market share than the builder. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he's doing great. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't have to drive his car anywhere. Everything's so hyper local for him. He never has to drive, which is brilliant as well. And yeah, that kind of farming uh, is certainly uh, spectacular. And yeah, I think that that's certainly a big piece of the getting back to basics. And we've probably heard, Oh, gosh, I don't know. What do you think, Jen? A dozen of our guests that are real estate agents say that in the last year? Oh, yeah. Uh, Something, maybe more. Yeah. But what does that look like, David, with your operation? What do you think the successful agents are doing that defines getting back to basics?
2: So what I think that actually means is, so we were talking about education earlier. So whenever I started off in real estate, I started off um, on the investment side of it. So I started off doing fix and flips with uh partners and we had a property management company and things like that. The so what I'm doing now is uh, I think this is a great time for investment marketing. So getting back to the basics for me is I'm going back to all my past clients and I'm I'm telling them about what this actual market is. Uh you might not want to sell your house right now because you have that, you know, lower than 3% interest rate, okay? <laughs> but you've also um Collected hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity. Uh, yep. You've also done a, a lot of other things, and this is actually the perfect time to start creating uh, generational wealth. So, whenever you're looking at houses that have sat on the market for over 100 days, there's reasons for that. So, what I'm doing is I'm going back and I'm educating the people on what they can actually do because they lucked out and bought, uh, you know, five years ago at three percent, three and a quarter. Um, you know, they bought their house for uh, $250,000 and now it's, you know, 550000 You know, what What can you do in that to make sure that um, all, everything is set up for your family's future? And, you know, obviously as a real estate agent, I go out and I find those properties and I come back to uh, all those clients and I, teach, and I know what they all have because, you know, I helped them buy or sell their house. So I know, you know, how much equity they're sitting or have sitting in their house. I'm going back to that. And I'm, I'm getting new buyer clients and um, new fix and flip clients, which is both, you know, that's double ended for me. So I'm helping them buy low, fix it up, and then we sell it at market value because our market hasn't gone anywhere. i gonna say if it's priced right, if it looks good uh, and it's marketed properly, properly, it's still selling. So that's that's been what I've been doing. I, I mean, just from one referral and one family, I've had seven transactions in the last four months okay uh and that was that's just one side of the family because I, you go back to when you're you're trading and you're teaching them so the one thing that i always promise my clients it doesn't matter if they just bought their first house or their fifth house you know i promise all of them that i'm not gone after this transaction you're going to hear from me from a long for, for the rest of your life until you tell me to stop uh talking to you.
0: Or um, one of us you know, dies. Yep. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's exactly right. I, uh and I'm gonna call you with ideas. I'm not, you know, I'm people don't understand everything inside of real estate, that's why they need a realtor. You know, people don't understand everything inside of mortgages and what you can do with that. Like you were talking about uh HELOCs earlier, like you said. Um, you know, you mentioned like, there's not a lot of refinancing going on. That's, that's the purpose, but there's tons of HELOCs, you know, things like that, those kind of pivots, uh, and knowing how they can use all of that and going back to your own people and pretty much think, not thinking for them, but, um, showing them their options, showing them their availability, all the things that they can actually do because of the great opportunity that they took advantage of years ago. and that. To me, that's just creating easy transactions. Because of how hard is it to pitch, hey, do you want to make more money? Like that's <laughs> that's not a hard pitch. No. Oh, it's a, it's not and and, pitch. and and by helping them make more money, you're making more money. That's all it is. I mean, this industry has always been a service industry. It's like the the better you serve your people, the better um, you're taken care of, you know.
0: Yeah, that's oh, that's always been the case with anything where we're selling high ticket items direct to the consumer. If you just help as many people get what they want, you're going to get what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the no brainer. That's old. That's old sales 101 type of stuff. Uh, I do have a question um, just because I think this might fascinate our local audience and maybe in other major metropolitan areas as well. Um, we we finance quite a bit of fix and flip work, whether it's to fix and flip or to fix and hold, eh, even to fix and occupy, uh, rehab loans, that kind of thing. And because all of those things exist, fix and flip, fix and hold, because holding real estate is obviously a great investment, fix and occupy, because again, housing shortage, people need a place to live. I've seen the ability for realistic fruitful margins for flippers to have basically gone the way of the dodo. I mean, it is really hard to find property where nobody's willing to fix and hold nobody's willing to fix and occupy. And there's enough of a margin for a flipper to turn it, to want to buy it is that it's gotta be different in the Springs than what we're seeing here.
2: Well, I mean, anytime that you have a larger population like Denver, I mean, you, the larger your population, the more people you have trying to do the same thing. Sure, sure. I mean, so, I mean, you definitely have a lot more. And then because y'all's market is also.
0: Yep, there's uh, Texas leaking out. I heard David say y'all. Y'all. You, yep. you and Jen can converse now. You guys can speak
2: Texas together. I bet <laughs> you would. Um, <laughs> but yeah. No, the, uh, but yeah. Any, anytime you're in a larger pool like that, it is. And um, I, The funny thing is, is most people and I don't know many realtors could uh, attain to this, but the amount of text messages and emails I get just from random people like random flippers and investors and things like that, um, trying to find those deals like I completely ignore those. So I I just want to make this note out for actual for actual flippers too. the deals are out there, but the way that you used to operate the way that you used to. Cut everyone's commission and everything out because we actually have to do the work now. We actually have to go out there and like full on uh, walk the property, look at it, make sure that it's actually going to be there. Because you need to obviously you can't predict the market uh, down the road, but you actually need boots on the ground. You can't send out a thousand offers to everybody and just lowball everything. You know, sixty-seven percent of your um, ARV or all that kind of stuff. Like, like you need to go walk the property. So whenever you're talking about like the opportunities that are there, the opportunities are there for the people that are going to do the work because how the property is marketed in the MLS always depends on the other agent. Well, it's like how what you can actually do with the property whenever you see it and the things that you can improve, uh, the highest and best use for that property. All of those things are, are mostly figured out on the ground when you're there. So I just had a, first flip the guy's ever done in his life. Um, There was, it was marketed as a single family home in old Colorado city, which is a high uh, touristy area here in Colorado Springs. Um, But whenever we did, whenever we walked the property and we went to it, it was marketed low, but it had an entirely um, uh, separated basement. So it was a duplex, marketed as a single family home um, because the realtor was out of Boulder that listed in Colorado Springs and had no idea. We bought that house for I want to say uh, it was either 335 or 345. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh 60 grand into it. We sold it 525.
0: All Our- right. She probably hired an appraiser out of Lyman. So yeah. 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 Like- Please don't do that. Please oh. don't <laughs> take listings where you don't know the market. Wow. No. I-, I could not think of two different markets than Boulder and Colorado City. Wow.
2: Yeah. And it, it is kind of the, um, so the opportunities for flippers, especially for is to actually go and do the work. I mean, it, for our, for as long as I've been in real estate, it always surprises me whenever people want to buy things that are, you know, that they have no idea what they are in States that they don't live in or anything. And don't get me wrong. That works for a model, but like you still need someone there that, you know, like, and trust. Like I'm not saying you can't buy properties in other States. I have uh, investors that do that constantly. But you need someone that's actually there, that's actually doing the work and actually boots on the ground and can look at that and look at all the opportunity that's actually available.
0: It's not If we're investing, if we're flipping, if we're buying long-term rentals, if we're buying short-term rentals, the bottom line is the dollars, Mm -hmm. right? It's an investment. I don't care if the house is painted pink. I'm not going to live there. So when it comes to our investment clients, it's really strictly about the data. What is that margin? What is that cash flow? What is that ROI? And that's not something you can just take a shot in the dark on. No. You've got to be able to give your investment clients hard data, good data, so that they're making informed decisions about what they want to do. That's the job. Very, very different with the owner occupant. That's uh that job's more psychologist, shrink. Yeah, I mean
2: anything anything that you're gonna occupy, you're gonna be emotionally tied to. Right. Like I would say on the investor side, whenever you're doing whatever it is, whether you're buying it for a long-term holder, uh fix and flip, like there's no emotion in there, it is just the numbers. Um and you mentioned something, um, and I and it's left me now, but Oh, also, um, just kind of going back to it, because it is just a number. It's the number one thing that I see um, new flippers lose money because of, or new investors, is because they usually make the property too nice, because they have no idea how that uh, small area is. You know, uh, they they drive in and they're like, okay, well, I have to make it um, this nice to meet these properties, but it's still a very small area. You still need to, like, if you, you put in a ton of landscaping and the whole area has no landscaping kind of a thing, you just spent money where it doesn't need to go and you have too much money allocated inside of your budget. And then it might help it sell faster, of course, uh, but at the same time, like, it's not, it is just a dollar thing. Congratulations, you made it really pretty, but you lost five grand, 10 grand, whatever it is on all these little projects that you're doing because you're just buying it if you're not seeing it, in my personal opinion, if you're not seeing it or someone you trust isn't seeing it, you're buying it on a whim. I mean, hmm. h- how many real estate, <laughs> how many times <laughs> have you looked at real estate in pictures and it's looked really pretty and then you showed up at the real estate and it ain't that pretty. Like <laughs> it's <clears throat> professional. I, I, I had to purchase estate.
0: property site unseen, but got very oh. lucky, would not take that risk again.
2: Yeah, uh, I don't know, that's... To me, that's really what the, um, that's how our market is changing.
0: How how often are you doing this? How often are you running the uh, gamut of your client database and bringing them up to speed on how much equity they have, what they could be doing with it? What do you think that cycle looks like? How many times are you investigating that over the course of a year for each client? Once or twice? Um,
2: I do it in quarter two um, and I'll make all my phone calls. And the reason I, I do it in quarter two is because the first thing that goes out for me is, hey, you have so much equity inside your house. Did you want to sell this and maybe even look up, you know, it's a great time to sell your house because our market is, isn't hasn't crashed. Uh, but it's also <laughs> a great thing. Yeah. It's no, it hasn't. <laughs> yeah. And it's a great thing because now you can actually negotiate your next offer. So now you're not fighting everybody that's trying to go into it. So that's the first campaign that would go out. And I'll do that with everybody, but Q1
0: kind of, of shit. Do what? It, quarter one.
2: Yeah, beginning of quarter two is usually when I do that because okay. um you're you know June, July, and August in Colorado just because of weather and everything. Um and uh I like my holidays. I'm a I like to snowboard. So mm. you know <laughs> uh if there's if there's snow out there, then uh I try to spend as little time as possible actually in my office. So um but um, that's just me, I, you know, someone could probably prove me wrong on why I probably should do it in Q1 instead of Q2, but- Maybe. Uh, yeah. Um, but that's whenever I'm actually having those conversations and the data is all, I mean, just inside of my, uh, like inside of my CRM, it's constantly pulling market reports anyways for every single property. So I, you know, I go to my CRM, uh, I filter all my previous clients, and click through their home reports, so I immediately have a a basis on where it is that I'm going to start from. Just from you know, because the automation it it doesn't get you to exactly where you want it to be, but it gets you like a good idea. You know, sure. like it. Not that I've seen any market tank, but you know, if they've only increased you know one percent, two percent, I know that person's not like looking to sell their house because all their equity is going to go towards the fees that are the commissions and fees that they pay to sell it, you know? Um, so it just kind of, it really kind of depends. Um, and then later on in the year, whenever I'm talking, if I've already had that conversation and everybody's like, no, I don't want to sell. Then I go back to them and I'll have the whole conversation about, well, why don't we use your equity to do something else? Um, but, so the first off is for selling, trying to get through um, the actual selling season of Colorado, and the second one is like okay well uh the slower our market gets because of um you know summer's gone and winter's coming well then i have more uh power to negotiate on those other homes because one thing that a lot of people want, don't want to do especially like your owner occupied flips and things like that is they don't want to do the work in the winter you know they don't mm. nobody wants to be painting their own house in december in colorado so it Little things like that, um, and it really kind of de- depends. I try to I try to have uh, quarterly calls with all of my past clients, so I try to call them every single quarter, anyways. So I'm already having a conversation with them, um, personal conversations. Not like I don't call them every quarter and be like, "Hey, you got this much equity in your house now? How
0: about selling it this <laughs> quarter?" Uh, you know, that's <laughs> gonna that's- make a lot of friends that way.
2: Yeah, they they stop answering your phone calls real quick. But you know, you call them, ask them how their kids are, or you know, everything about their life, because because we're because we do life together. Not not I'm I'm not just a guy that wants to help you buy or sell a house. I am a guy that wants to help you buy and sell your house. But I'm also a guy that wants to think about things that you might not be thinking about. Um, my attention is to always to your well being, like your my fiduciary duty as a realtor uh you know it, again i'm your realtor for life i don't stop whenever that first sale happens or last sale happens i and if i have a fiduciary um obligation to my clients i'm thinking about their fiduciary well-being they every how many times can i say fiduciary and like in a 10 second span uh mm-hmm. but but that's kind of the that that's where i'm coming from that's why that's what i like it's you know, I, I have clients um, still looking to homestead. You know, they, they want to buy um, 20 acres and, you know, a 6,000 square foot house with barns and everything like that. I personally know that they can't do that right now, but I can give them the method on how to get there. Mm. You now, if, if you collect collected five rentals and you have the uh, your cash flowing on everything and then you're waiting on all your appreciation and everything, you can sell all of that. Go buy your million and a half, you know, million point seven. If you're buying land in Colorado, that's pretty, uh, it's expensive here. Uh, if you want to do that, that's, that's what my job is. It doesn't end just because I helped, we signed papers and it closed. We're, we're going to do this for life.
0: Good stuff. All right, guys, you, you picked up a lot of nuggets from David here this time around. Stay educated keep your client database educated stay in touch with your client database think about the things help them think about the things that they're not thinking of that could help them leverage propel get themselves to a new level of financial freedom and keep that machine going david thank you i know it's hard to carve out this kind of time on a monday um and yeah we do love having you on the show i'm sure we'll uh, get jen to find a another opening where are you jen 2025 season eight, <laughs> yeah. season eight. And here we are coming up on the tail end of season six we yeah. we we popular all okay, right cool yeah, need october 9th right <laughs> right we won't do that again uh happy birthday Shonda. we'll throw that out there jen take us home
1: Yeah, I just want to say that. I mean, David, you kind of summarized everything when you said the opportunities are there for those willing to do the work. The work. Realtors, mortgage, whoever, investors, it doesn't matter. Um, So thank you for that. But for everybody else, if you want to find out more about just the tips, you can text tips to 63566. That'll get you past episodes of the show, uh, our weekly little tip, copy of Adam's book, one on one coaching with us, literally all the things. Um, Text tips to 63566 for all of that. And Jenner, happy we... birthday to Adam. He's getting he's getting married. I'm getting married on his birthday. So, you know, extra celebrations on yeah, she
0: wanted her anniversary oh, be to be up, easy to remember.
1: That's oh, true. That's true.
0: That's right. Uh, so the next time we have an episode, and you guys can catch us at 10:30 mountain time pretty much every week. If you want to see us live, obviously, you can catch the podcast on Amazon, Spotify, and Apple a few days after that and yeah the next time we do this i'll be older a week a week older and jen will be a married woman it's true very cool stuff i know (laughs) all right thanks for tuning in everyone and we will see you next time